Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're kicking off 2022 with a series we call Prayer That Works. Pastor Nicole is helping us better understand that an effective prayer life isn't meant to be hard or complicated, but at the same time, it's also not spiritual small talk with a casual friend. Prayer is a sincere, genuine, personal communication between you and the God who made you. Today, Pastor Nicole is discussing one of the most misunderstood topics when it comes to prayer and talking with God. She's going to focus today on what it means to pray in the spirit, or what's sometimes called speaking in tongues. What is it? Who should do it? And when should they do it? That's what she's going to share today. So let's get started and continue to discover prayer that works. things with earth will fade away, but prayer grasps eternity. But I'm convinced of this, God does not hear prayer. He hears desperate prayer. Prayer is not a position, whether you need, prayer is not a position, it's a disposition. You get to the place where you'd rather sweat, you'd rather weep in his presence than laugh in anybody else's presence. Rather, God whisper a speaker into your heart that breaks you. Somebody give you the prizes that all the world covets. Prayer is almost the greatest human privilege that we have. Well, we are continuing a series today called Prayer That Works. And for the rest of the month, we're going to be talking about communicating with God through prayer. And we're going to talk about how to pray effectively and discuss several different ways and forms of prayer. This month, we will also take a week to fast and pray uh, as a church. Uh, This will start January 24th through the 29th. We'll talk more about that next Sunday, but make sure you're preparing yourself to know whether you're going to give up caffeine or some meals or social media or TV, something that will make space uh, for you to be able to pray more. And so for this series, we've provided for you a tool uh, that I want you to utilize called a prayer journal. In fact, if you brought it with you today, hold it up. I want to see it all across the room. All right, look at these overachievers. All right, if you didn't get one uh, last week, there are more of these in the lobby. Uh, There's nothing special about this particular uh, prayer journal, but what it does uh, signify is that together as a church family, uh, we are going to be praying all month long. And so there's a couple things I want you to do with this journal. Today, if you don't have one, you can do these same things on a piece of paper or in your phone or whatever you prefer. But it's first of all to take notes on the prayer sermons in this journal. Uh, That way, when it gets to be summertime or you need a little pick-me-up in your prayer life, you can think, ooh, all the notes from that series are in that journal. And you can go and grab it and think about all the things that we've been talking about and the ways that God uh, speaks to you. Also, to create a prayer list, uh, list some needs that you have, uh, list some needs that other people have in your life or all around you. Uh, usually, it doesn't take very long to make a prayer list. Uh, there are so many needs all around us, but make a list of things so you know what and when to pray for them. Another thing I want you to do with this journal is to create a thankful list and to add some things to this list um, every day that you're grateful for. I know some of you are going to be adding to your list the 12 to 18 inches of snow that's a coming here in a few hours, right? 
All right. Just be grateful. We just got to embrace it. It's going to be here anyway. Uh, so buy some extra hot chocolate and, and bunker down. Uh, and also, I want you to write out some prayers um, throughout the week as if you were writing a letter to God. Uh, tell him what's on your heart. Tell him all the things that you want him to know. As if you were going to like mail this to heaven and write out some prayers to God. So that's our plan. All right, sound good? I heard um, a story, I read a story in a missionary journal this week about some African villages um, where there are Christians who they claimed a spot in the thicket, in, in like a field. They would say, this is my spot um, for my private devotions to pour my heart out before the Lord. And over time, you kind of knew whose spot was whose and, and where the spots were because there was this very well-worn path um, as they went to their spot. And as a result, if one of the paths um, began to like grow some grass on it, the, uh, the leaders would know, the, the people would know that that person was being neg negligent in their prayer life. And so they came up with this kind of phrase, I really loved it, where when they would see uh, maybe that one of the people was not praying as much as they should, they would say, brother, sister, uh, I noticed some grass growing on your path. <laughs> There's some grass on your path. And so uh, maybe today you would willingly admit uh, there's a little bit of grass on my path. But this year, in 2022, you want to wear down that path to the throne of heaven. Uh, so it's very, very clear that the path to the God who loves you, that you're walking at every day and, and talking to him. And so the vision for this series is that corporately together in this first month of the new year, that we will wear down the path, that we will fill hundreds of journals with prayers together. Does that sound good? All right, say the, to the person next to you, wear out your path this week. Go ahead, tell them, tell them, everybody in the room, tell them. All right, I heard it. So today, um, I want to talk about a certain form of prayer called praying in the Spirit, or baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's specifically um, praying in tongues. Now, um, typically, there are a lot of questions about this topic, um, and many of us, if we surveyed the room, probably have a varied amounts of experience from bad to good um, to maybe very minimal. Um, so what I want to do today is just discuss straight from the scripture what the Bible has to say in the most practical and helpful way I can, okay? Because this is a very biblical concept. It's not just experience. Uh, it's a very biblical concept. So I'm going to just walk us through uh, biblically. Sound good? So let's start with the question of who. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the scripture says that there are three primary roles of the Holy Spirit. The first is salvation. So in John 16, eight through five, the word says that the spirit convicts us and guides us into truth. So the fact is, if you are a Christian, if you have been saved, if you have experienced salvation, you have already had an interaction with the Holy Spirit <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is the only way uh, that we can actually have that experience. In Ephesians 1, uh, 13 through 14, it says that the moment we believe, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and makes us God's possession forever. Um, is anyone thankful for that? Just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Forever. That, that Holy Spirit is in us. It actually says it's like a deposit that eventually, when we die, God will collect, right? He'll say, oh, that one's mine, and that child's mine, and that child's mine. And so the Holy Spirit is in us if you are a believer in Jesus. Now, next, the Holy Spirit grows us in holiness, and we call this word sanctification. 
Now, sanctification uh, is not optional if you are a believer in Jesus. So sanctification is a big word for you got to be different, right? You can't stay the same. The day you become a Christian and every day after that, you have to be different. I love Galatians 5, 22 through 26. It talks about the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. We need to be growing in all those things. If you're connected to Jesus, you're changing. If you're the same person in character that you have been the entire life of you being a Christian, you are not walking through the process of sanctification, okay? And we have to grow. We have to change. Romans 8, 5, through 15 reminds us that to live according to the Spirit's desire is to not live by the flesh, right? We have to become more and more like Jesus. Okay, the third role of the Holy Spirit is empowerment. So the Holy Spirit's role is empowerment for service. Acts 1-8 says that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we will be witnesses, Okay, Luke 24, 49 records Jesus telling his disciples that he is going to send power from on high for, for us, for them, so to wait eagerly. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit or praying in tongues is part of the empowerment function of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a spiritual moment following salvation where a follower of Jesus is immersed or filled with the Holy Spirit. I think of it like this. This is the image that the Lord gives me. I cannot paint it like Brie can. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is already in us if we are believers in Jesus, when we accept Christ, that's step one. And when we are empowered, when we are immersed or filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like a cup overflowing. It's like there's already water in there to the tippy tippy top, but when we are filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's like the Holy Spirit gives us more and then we overflow. So here's the thing. Many believers can live most of their lives allowing the Holy Spirit to function in them as salvation. This part is probably the most basic part. Many believers live where they're saved. When they die, they're going to go to heaven. They have the Holy Spirit in them. Salvation's on lock, okay? Some believers move into, they allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify them, and they go through the process of change and journey into character and holiness, and, and they move forward. But many, many believers miss this one. They live their whole lives, maybe saved and being sanctified, but they miss the empowerment part of the Holy Spirit, and so here's the deal. It's just really simple. If you haven't experienced the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, then there is more for you. There is more for you as a believer in Jesus. We see uh, in Jesus's life, so we're supposed to be model everything after Jesus, right? So I want to show you how this plays out in the life of Jesus himself. So in Luke 3, 21 through 22, uh, it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. So this is one of the very rare moments we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one, uh, one moment, all in one scene in the scripture. And so here Jesus was baptized in water and filled with the Spirit at the same time. Now, interestingly, Jesus did not perform any miracles before his baptism. Okay, this was the moment that the, that the Holy Spirit came upon him, empowered him to be a witness for his father. 
And then Jesus went to do, empowered by the Holy Spirit, went and did all the work that he did for three years while he was here on earth. So this experience uh, was modeled by Jesus himself. And then in the early church, um, if if, uh, someone came into salvation, they said that they were going to be a believer, and they heard that they hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit, the early church thought it was so critical that they actually would send spiritual leadership to pray for that person to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts 8. They, they, They said this is such an important part, this empowerment piece, that they would send people to go and pray over them. And that's actually a lot of the examples that we have of this in Scripture is that's happening. And the reason the baptism of the Holy Spirit was so important to the early church, and the reason why it's important today, is because Jesus had just given them their mission. Do you know what your mission is? Do you know what your purpose is? It's to build the kingdom of God. Now, you might do that as um, a coach. You might do that as as an insurance agent. You might do that as a teacher. You might do that selling barges. I don't know what it is that you do, but your mission is to build the kingdom of God. And so in Acts 1, 4 through 5, God says, listen, I just gave you your mission and you're going to need some stuff to accomplish it. You're going to need some empowerment. And so what I'm going to do is in Acts 1, 4 through 5, he says, go wait, receive the, the Holy Spirit so you can take the message to every part of the earth. Jesus is saying, you will need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the mission I have given you on earth. So wait, receive, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, another reason the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important and this empowerment piece of the Holy Spirit is so important is because some changes can only happen when we're fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Anyone agree with that? Some changes can only happen when we're fully surrendered. Some habits are just too hard to break in our own strength. Some tendencies are just too powerful for us to overcome. Some hurts are just too deep for us to process. Some pain is just too intense to move beyond. But when the Holy Spirit fills our lives, not only are we saved, not only are we sanctified, but we are empowered to live different. Our habits break. Our temptations can be overcome. Hurts are healed. Pain no longer dominates. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us and almost allows us to, to, it saves us from ourselves, from the very flesh and who we are, and allows us to live in the power that the Holy Spirit offers. And Jesus wants this for us more than we can ever want it for ourselves. He wants to overflow our cup more than we ever want it overflowed. Jesus wants us to understand the whole of the Holy Spirit, how he offers salvation, sanctification, and empowerment. All right, look at the person next to you and be like, okay, I'm with her so far. All right, let's go to the next one. So what is it? Maybe you're not from a particular uh, background or denomination that you've ever even known what the Holy Spirit is. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, in the scripture, the baptism of the Holy Spirit experience is evidenced by a sign called speaking in tongues. There are five passages in Acts that talk about being filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every passage has a sign when the Holy Spirit shows up, uh, and there is consistency that there is an outward evidence, and for many of them, that outward evidence is speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues, it can be a language already known on earth, but not known to you. It's a language that all you can you you are empowered to pray in that you don't know, but it's already known on earth. Or it can be a heavenly language that no one knows on earth, that not one person on the planet can know. 
Now, this is a, a, a clarification point I want to bring because I think sometimes we get confused with this. When you speak in tongues, it does not overtake your body or leave you uncontrollable. Okay, it is not an experience that you all of a sudden are just walking through Walmart and then there you are. Okay, that's not what happens. It is not scary when it happens to you. It is not spooky, but it is supernatural. Okay, so it, it is out of the ordinary. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that it's not something that you might think, oh, this is different. But it's not scary. It's not supernatural. God will never override your desires. He will never force you to speak in tongues or, or overtake your body. He will accept an invitation if you ask him to fill you. But let me speak to this. The intention is never, ever fear. So if you feel fearful about this whole topic or you feel fearful when you hear speaking in tongues or maybe you feel fearful of, of exploring it, I want you to know that that's not from Jesus. It's never meant to be a fearful thing and it's not a scary thing. It is just something that is in the Bible. It's a very biblical thing, but it is supernatural. It's, it's not of this world. So some people have asked me, why is speaking in tongues the evidence? Like, why is that? have to happen? Well, I have a really great theological answer for you, and that is we don't know. <laughs> All right, write that one down. But one thought that theologians believe is that how many of you would agree that the tongue, most unruly part of the body, gets you in the most trouble, right? Hardest to control. In James uh, 3, it talks about um, the tongue, and how, how unruly it is in all of us. And so when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, even the most unruly member of our body shows submission to Jesus. Isn't that good? All right, so let me bring some clarity uh, to this. Um, tune in here uh, and maybe take some notes because I think this will really help you understand the biblical types of tongues. Okay, so Paul, the author of much of the New Testament, he described two different types of the gift of tongues. Okay, there are two expressions, two different types. And really, we have to understand these scriptures. We have to really dig deep into them. Uh, because if we don't, this can actually really seem to contradict each other. You might read these two and say, well, wait a minute. That just said the opposite. Okay, so the Bible takes study. All right, it's a, it's a great book to read, but you got to dig in it. You got to put your teeth into it. You got to understand it. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 30, Paul says this. Not all people will have the gift of tongues. Okay. Then two chapters later, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that he wants all believers to speak in tongues. Then in Mark 16, Jesus says that all those who believe will be able to speak in tongues. So what's the deal? What's the deal? Does the Bible say all people can speak in tongues or is it just for select people? Like I just read both things. That can be kind of a confusing moment, right? Well, let me bring clarity to it today. The Bible talks about two different speaking in tongues experiences. Same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit gives both gifts. They both come after salvation. That's a really important piece of this. And they both are, require being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they have different purposes. And here's the simplest way for me to describe it. The difference is all about who is the message for. Okay, who is the focus of communication? So there are two expressions of tongues. There are times when we speak in tongues in a corporate or a public gathering. There are times when we're in a group of people and we, we have a message of tongues. And then the other uh, expression is there are times when we speak in tongues in our personal, private, devotional prayer life. Those are the two different types. 
So let's talk about who the communication is for. The communication focus for the corporate gathering of tongues, you might have heard that on a Sunday morning, maybe somebody uh, come, you know, comes up to the microphone, shares a word of tongues, or maybe they um, are a few pews away and they yell it loud enough for everyone to hear it, and we're listening for it. And, and what we do is we wait in that moment for the interpretation. And here's why. The communication focus for the corporate gathering of tongues is for the people. Okay, that's for us. It's God sending a message to us so we can hear him and know his heart. And he does it through someone in the congregation who has the gift of speaking in tongues, and it's a message in a heavenly language. Now, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 30, not everyone will have that gift. Okay, not everyone will have that gift. This type of tongues always needs an interpretation. Why? Because if we don't know what's being said, we won't get the message. Then it's kind of pointless, right? And God's not going to send us a message that then is not going to have an interpretation. When I was in Bible college, I was always taught if there was a tongue given in a, in a service and uh, there was no interpretation, the pastor had to come up with it. So nobody's praying more for that interpretation but me, all right, up here when that happens, <laughs> Because we will not get the message that God has for us if we don't have an interpretation, right? We don't know what that language is. We can't understand it. It's either straight from heaven or a language that we don't understand. And so that always, always has to be interpreted. And not everyone will have that gift in their life. You may never share a gift of tongues loudly in, in, a, in a public gathering, or you may often, okay? So now let's go to the other form of speaking in tongues, this personal prayer language. This communication focus for devotional prayer or private prayer in tongues is to God. Okay, when you pray in tongues in a private devotional life, you pray to God. So think about it for a minute. God doesn't need us to interpret to him the language he gave us, <laughs> right? Like he knows the, what, what he, he, he's releasing us. He's filling up our cup to overflowing and, that, and we're, we're, we're praying in the spirit. He knows every language. He made every language, earthly, heavenly. So you can pray in tongues all week long in your private devotional life and you don't need an interpretation because you're praying to God. He already knows what you're saying. In fact, he gave you the words to say. So Paul indicated in 1 Corinthians 14 that Jesus will give all believers a devotional prayer language. Ephesians 6.18 also gives us this instruction. It says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So that type of prayer language everyone can have. Every single person. Everyone that's saved and in touch with the Holy Spirit, he offers that for empowerment. Paul also introduces in 1 Corinthians 14, singing in the spirit. He taught that if we sing to God from our heart, if we sing in tongues or sing in our prayer language, we bless God because it's to God. The spirit is present. We're filling the atmosphere with praise to God. And Paul teaches us to pray and to sing in the spirit. So just remember, ask the question, who is the focus of communication? That will help you separate and understand the two uh, different types of biblical tongues. And so just in summary, the public gift will only be given by God to some people and will always, always need an interpretation. But the devotional gift of tongues is available for every believer and doesn't need interpreted because it's being spoken to or sung to God. Okay, let me tackle this last question and then we'll, um, we'll close up today. But here's the last question I want to tackle is why? 
Okay, so hopefully you understand who, you understand what it is, but maybe you're asking this question, why though? Like, why is this important? Um, Maybe you're thinking, I've been a Christian for a long time and I've been fine without it. So why is this something that I should even consider or talk about? And and I wanted to show you what Paul said. Paul identified some really specific benefits of speaking in tongues. I think this might help answer the question. So first in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And so what this is saying is when we speak in tongues in a devotional way, we commune with the Spirit who gives us information that helps us understand God's will and God's heart for us. So it's like as we pray in the Spirit, we're no longer limited by our own knowledge or our own reasoning. Have you ever had a situation that you're praying about and you're giving God all the like suggestions of solutions? You're like, you know what you could do is just have me run into her at the supermarket in a very quiet aisle. And then, you know what I mean? And you just kind of give them all the, and when we pray in the Spirit, we've eliminated our own flesh to give God all the suggestions. We're just praying in the Spirit. He knows. He's given us the language to pray, and we're praying in touch with him. When we, when we pray in the Spirit, you could receive a mental picture of someone and a need they might have. You might receive direction on how to pray or serve other people. Pastor Danielle and I always talk about how when she takes teams uh, to other countries, to other cities, to other nations, they pray in the Spirit. You know why? She doesn't know anything about what's happening in that city, but you know who does? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit already has been there and already goes there. And so as she prays in the Spirit, as her team prays in the Spirit, it gives them the ability to meet needs that we can't even see with our own eyes. How many of you would say, you know, I need help sometimes? Anyone in the, I'm going to make all the men in the room raise their hand that they need help following directions sometimes. I can, I can look up directions sometimes. Actually, I'm much worse at the map than Joel is, so that's, that's on me. But we need help sometimes. We can't do life on our own, and we need supernatural help. And that's what Paul is saying. He's like, look, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, when you pray in the Spirit, it gives you supernatural help. All right, here's one more thing in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. It says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. What does that word mean? Edified means uh, strengthening or building up. So Paul was encouraging the believers to pray in the spirit because it charges your spiritual battery. Okay, almost everyone on the planet has one of these. And what you do with this is you plug it in overnight so then the rest of the day you got the battery you need. In fact, one of the most frustrating uh, times in my life, I don't know about you, is when I forget to plug my phone in at night and all day long you're hoping you have enough battery, right, to, to get through. You plug it in overnight. And so what Paul is likening edifying ourselves to is saying, look, praying in the spirit is like plugging your cell phone into its charger when you're home so that when you're out doing the work of God, you're powered up. You have everything you need and you're powered up all day long when you're out doing life. Praying in the spirit results in our hearts becoming more sensitive to the things of the spirit. It sensitizes us to the voice of God. It makes us aware of his leadings and of his promptings. While we're on the topic of edifying, I do want to mention this. And this is maybe particularly for those in the room who are very comfortable with this teaching. Uh, Maybe this is not uh, news to you. You've been praying in tongues for a long, long time. But in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul addresses that speaking in tongues or praying in your prayer language is designed to edify or to strengthen the church. And Paul taught that the practical expression of all the gifts always needs to seek to excel in love. 
First Corinthians 13 says, without love, the gifts are just a noisy symbol. They're not even helpful anymore. And so this gift, speaking in tongues, is never meant to distract others or confuse them. It's never meant to push people away from God. And we need to remember this, especially in a public gathering or a corporate setting, maybe in a place where tongues isn't fully understood or taught thoroughly. Because wisdom would tell us that if, if we are in a situation where tongues maybe is something that is confusing or fearful or is going to make someone uh, be pushed away from God, that we, wouldn't, we, we would just do that quietly under our breath and we wouldn't, we wouldn't have to shout it out. Now, if you're in a place where um, the majority of people are singing in the Spirit or praying out loud in the Spirit together, by all means, join in. That is biblical. That is a gift. You, you understand that gift. You can use it. But if you are a guest or you're one of the people praying out loud and in, in tongues, in a meeting, you're the only one, then you should opt to do it quietly to yourself. Because let me tell you, it does not quench the spirit to pray in tongues quietly. Volume does not matter. God is not hard of hearing. He hears you. And it honors the Lord when we show love and consideration for those who might be confused or fearful or not in that part of their spiritual journey yet. I pray in tongues quietly under my breath almost all the time. When I'm walking through a grocery store, when I'm in a leadership meeting, when I'm cooking dinner at night, the volume of your prayers do not reduce their effectiveness. All right, so let me just end with this. I've had a lot of conversations over the years about speaking in tongues with people, and this is one big idea that I want to share if you're still kind of struggling with the why, and that's this. As a follower of Jesus, you don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to speak in tongues to be saved. You do not have to speak in tongues to be sanctified. In fact, you're not a better Christian if you speak in tongues or, or if you know more about this than others. That has nothing to do with sanctification. So you don't have to speak in tongues, but you get to. You don't have to, but you get to. And it's a privilege. It's a way to go deeper with Jesus. It's a gift from God, and God only gives good gifts and he knows what we need more than we ever will. So the fact that he has made it available to us as a, as a role of the Holy Spirit means I want it. Why wouldn't I want it if it's something that God says will help me understand and align with him more and more? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the finale. It's just the beginning. It's the gateway to a powerful spiritual life. It's the starting point to living out a supernatural life. I want to ask my friend Emma to come up here this morning. Will you give Emma a round of applause? She's going to share with you. Emma is a youth in our youth group and has recently had an experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I wanted her to share uh, today. Um, so as a PK, um, I've been around people speaking in tongues my whole life, and I've always wanted that for me, but I felt like I was too sinful, like I wasn't ready, like that wasn't for me. And time and time again, when the opportunity arose for me to receive the Holy Spirit, I just, again, didn't feel like I was ready. And I felt like I had to be perfect in that moment. But then I realized that was not me talking. That was the enemy trying to hinder me and um, what God's plans for me really were. So when Pastor Nicole opened up the altar to receive the Holy Spirit after her message, I didn't hesitate. I just was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> um, and God sent the perfect strangers, Cheryl and Howard, to help me through and anoint me of the Holy Spirit. So thank you guys. Um, God was ready for me, for me to receive him, waiting patiently. And all I had to do was just step out in faith. He was always there. 
Um, and the verse I have is Revelation twenty two seventeen. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I'm telling you that there's no better time than now. God wants you now and not when you're perfect. So that's it. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. Would you stand? We're going to um, sing this last song. It's called Holy Spirit. It's almost like we planned it or something. And uh, we're just going to take a few minutes. I know it's a few minutes after 12, so if you need to scoot out. But, but here's what I want to tell you today. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, and you, have, you, you already have the Holy Spirit in you. It's like that cup, that image that I showed you. But if you want more of the Holy Spirit... You would just, you're here today and you would say, I want more. I haven't tapped into all that you have for me. I want that empowerment piece. I want that sanctification piece. I want to be able to understand more of who the Holy Spirit is. There's so much more. God is so deep. God has so much to give us. We can never get to the bottom of who he is. And so, God, we want more of you. Then I asked um, some prayer team members and some pastors just to kind of spread out up here and Here's all we need to do. The scripture says, first, repent of any sin in your life. Ask God to forgive you. Come make your heart right before him. And then just ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Verbalize your prayer out loud. You don't have to beg for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to barter. You don't have to manipulate or tell God, I'll do this if you give me that. It's a gift. You can't disqualify yourself. Reach out, take the gift that Jesus offers. I wanna encourage you to create an atmosphere of expectation by praising God and expressing your love for him. You know, if you're like, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit, but my lips are so tightly together, you will never pry them open with a crowbar. That could be a hindrance, okay? So just open your mouth. Jesus, you're good. You're holy. I'm gonna call you good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how much I love you. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna express my love for you. Try not to overthink it. Let your tongue just say what is in your spirit. You might hear expressions or words or syllables forming in your mind. Speak them out. If a word comes out that you don't know, say it and say it again and say it again. Listen, some people say, oh, I just, I'm going to make it up. I just feel so weird. Listen, you can't make it up, okay? You got to be a really good actor to make it up. It is not natural, it's supernatural. So if something's coming to your mind or your lips and you're speaking up, you're not making it up. You won't understand it, it won't be perfect, but that isn't the point anyway. We're not seeking the gift. We're asking that the Holy Spirit would give us to empower us so we can do the work that he has for us. Now you can come up and get prayer, you can sit, uh, you can ask the person next to you to pray for you. Uh, you can just sit down and pray yourself, but I wanna just really encourage you to lean into Jesus as we sing this last song. Maybe you need prayer for something else. You're welcome to come up and get prayer for that as well. Uh, if you just want more of the Holy Spirit, if you already have a prayer language, I wanna ask you to, to just pray in that prayer language throughout this song uh, to activate the Holy Spirit in this room. Remember, it doesn't need interpreted because it's to God, okay? If you're gonna pray in this microphone, in the spirit, then you need interpreted. But if you're just going to pray in your prayer language, God already knows what you're saying. And so let's just create an atmosphere this morning. Lord, we love you. We praise you. You're welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. We want everything you have for us. We want to be empowered to serve you. God, we want every day to count for you because we don't know how many we have. And so God, we trust you. We trust you, Lord. Would you teach us 
Would you show us, Father, how to pray in the Spirit? Would you baptize us in the Holy Spirit this morning, God, all across this room? Open our hearts to you, even if it's something we've never understood before. God, would you open our hearts today?
Holy Spirit, we just want more of you. We want everything that you have for us, God. Would you empower us with those gifts, with those things that we need to walk out the calling that we have in our lives, God? We love you. We honor you in this house today. God, you are the best. You are the, 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 the sovereignest, God. You are the mightiest, Lord. We put you first. We exalt you to the highest place. And so, God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So here's the plan. The worship team's going to keep singing this for just a minute. But if you're ready to go, you can go ahead and slip out. If you need prayer or you were like, I didn't want to go up there when everyone was watching me, but now I'm going to come, I'm going to ask the prayer team to just hang out for a couple extra minutes in case. Have an awesome day. Dig out for next week. You won't want to miss the next uh, prayer series Sunday. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Eerie First Podcast. Please give us a rating on your podcast app, subscribe so you never miss a message, and share it with your friends. You can follow Eerie First on Facebook and Instagram or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.